Welcome to Great Points, financial insights for improving your relationship with money. I'm Matt Schroeder, Certified Financial Planner and Director of Financial Planning at Great Point Wealth Advisors, a fee-only registered investment advisory firm with offices in Boston and Danvers, Massachusetts. On today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about saving the planet. Um, <clears throat> and that's obviously not a topic that usually you hear on financial podcasts, but with Earth Day approaching uh, on April 22nd, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to share a different uh, twist on things that we can be doing to make a difference, uh, you know, to preserve this planet for our future and future generations. So when we talk about the finances of making a difference, I'm going to try to relate to your practical side. Uh, and why it might make sense to make some slight adjustments to your lifestyle or to things that you're doing, or maybe some challenges you can issue to friends or family members um, as you start, start to think about uh, Earth Day that's approaching. So I'm going to boil it down to three very simple ideas uh, that you know you could make to, to adjust things in your life. And then I'll kind of make a numerical example of of how that might impact your financial purse strings, and you might get to see some, um, you know, some, some of the rewards for the, for the effort that you're putting in. So the first one I'm going to share with is the idea of showering. So when you think about, uh, you jump in the shower, some people take quick showers, some tend to enjoy themselves in there, take a little bit longer. Um, but the average shower length, uh, if you do a quick Google search, is about eight minutes. And if you look at the average water usage during a shower, most uh, shower heads are designed to release about two to 2.1 gallons of water per minute that you're in the shower. So if we basically take uh, an eight minute shower and we just spend two minutes, two gallons of water per minute, the average shower takes about 16 gallons of water. Um, so a real simple strategy, if you're trying to make a difference would be to try to take a five minute shower. Um, and I know there's probably some people that are really fanatical that'll turn the water off and on between soaping and, and showering and all that type of stuff. But I'm just saying, try to cut it down by three minutes. So if we, if we basically said, well, what would that mean? And as far as dollars and cents, um, and I'm going to start with the, the water savings factors first. So if you basically, uh, instead of taking a, a eight minute shower, took a five minute shower, you would save six gallons of water per shower. And let's say there's four people that you live in your house and hopefully all of them shower on a daily basis. That would be 24 gallons of water saved in the household per day. If you times that by 365 days of the year, um, that is 8,700 gallons of water saved. Uh, and I know when you look at your water bill, it's based on cubic water ranges. Um, but my guess is if you were to carve off about 9,000 gallons of water used, you would see some, some slight savings in uh, your billing um, because that also, you, you pay for the water, but you also pay for the sewer, depending on what town you live in. So, um, you know, it's probably gonna save you a hundred bucks or so a year, which, you know, may not make uh, the, the greatest impact in your financial budget. But when you kind of think about, you know, a small change you can make to maybe save eight or set eight or 9,000 gallons of water a year, uh, that can make a huge difference. So I took it one step further and I said, okay, well, instead of just doing this in your household, you started to spread the word. And I, you know, we live in the town of Danvers and there's probably about 25,000 uh, people in the town of Danvers. Um, but just to make it uh, my math a little bit simpler, let's say there were 20,000 households. And if, if 20,000 households committed to taking a five minute shower, that would basically save 
175 million gallons of water um, among those 20,000 households. So I said, okay, well, that's, that's interesting. What is, what is 175 million gallons of water look like? Um, and I, so I did a quick Google search and I found out that the Danvers Reservoir uh, holds something like 65 billion gallons of water. So if, uh, how many households would it take uh, to commit to this in order to fill up the entire Danvers Reservoir, which is a 400 acre reservoir, you know, in some areas it's 50 feet deep. So that would be 7.5 million households or, or individuals. So if 7.5 million people committed to taking a five minute shower instead of a uh, eight minute shower, we would be able to fill up the entire Danvers Reservoir with water every single year. So um, I don't know, I've tried this taking a five minute shower and it's not that big of a difference. You know, you kind of put your favorite song on play and hopefully you find a nice five minute song and you're done by the time it's over. Uh, and it, it's not a huge life changer for a lot of people. So, you know, that, that is a very simple adjustment you can make that would save you a few dollars in your water bill, would also save you a few minutes of your day, uh, you know, maybe help you get onto the next task a little faster. And would also make a significant impact in both your local water sources as, as well as around the world. So maybe you really enjoy your showers, so that's not the change for you. Um, but you look at another thing you could do within your household is your thermostat. Um, and for some people, they have kind of old fashioned thermostats, you set it and you got to adjust it up and down. Um, a lot of people have transitioned to a Nest thermostat or some type of programmable thermostat so that you could have, you know, different times of the day, you know, while you're at work, while you're at home, uh, while you're sleeping. Um, <clears throat> and if you look at, you know, what that means to your monthly budget, um, basically for every degree that you keep the temperature lower in the winter and, you know, maybe a little warmer in the summer if you're running air conditioning, um, that saves anywhere from one to 3% on your heating costs, depending on the type of heating and, you know, the type of insulation you have. So <clears throat> what if you were to try to keep your average household temperature two to three or four degrees lower? So, and maybe in the summertime, if you run your air conditioning, setting it one or two or three degrees warmer. So if you normally keep your air conditioning at 72, you know, maybe try keeping it at 74, 75 uh, in, in the summertime. And if you normally keep your house to 70 degrees in the winter, you know, maybe try 68 or 67 per, for a period of time and, you know, having a sweater or a blanket handy. Um, so if you think about the average cost and, you know, it depends on the size of your house and the type of heat you're using, but, you know, let's say you're a, a family of four living in a, you know, 2000 plus square foot house, you know, between your gas, your electric to run your air conditioning, if you have oil heat, you know, it's a little more expensive right now with the cost of oil and gas. But let's say you're spending, you know, $4,000 a year uh, on average on utilities uh, for, that, for that feature in your house. If you were to lower the, the temperature by three degrees and essentially saving yourself 10% off that energy bill, that would actually save you $400 a year in your monthly, in your annual budget. Um, and once again, $400 is not a huge amount of money when you're thinking about goals like retirement or college or, you know, saving for, a, you know, a new car. Uh, but it does three things. One, you know, it helps you preserve some of the natural resources for the planet, puts a few extra dollars in your, um, uh, in your pocket, 
and you know might actually help with the longevity of some of your utilities. You might not need to replace the furnace as fast. Um, it might help, uh, you know, and, you know, with just your overall uh, feeling goodness as well, um, which is may make you healthier and might help you save on medical bills. So that, that 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 last part might be a stretch, but once again, that's a small adjustment that you can make that would you know help you know preserve our planet a little bit longer as well as save you a few dollars. And the third one is, uh, you know, when you leave the house. So let's talk about driving. Obviously, you know, there's a big uh, uh, impact of every time we start our car and the carbon emissions and uh, more people on the road and more congestion and more idling. So, but we have to go places. We have to drive to work. We have to pick up our kids. Uh, we have to get groceries. Uh, and on average, the, you know, let's say the average person drives 12,000 miles a year. Uh, some people drive a lot more, others drive a lot less. And obviously the impact on the environment may be depending on the type of car you're driving and the way you drive, um, you, know, the, and, you know, the environment, if you're city or, or rural or urban. Um, but let's say the average person drives about 12,000 miles a year. So from a financial impact, could you drive 10% less in the next year? Um, so how can you drive 10% less? You know, you know, maybe instead of every time you need something, you jump in your car and go get it. You might think a little bit and say, well, if I can skip a couple trips and maybe bundle together a few errands, I can use my car a little bit less throughout the, throughout the month. Um, you may have the ability to work remotely. So if you ask your boss or your, your uh, company, if I could re re work remotely one day a week, that would cut down on your commuting costs. Um, so you wouldn't, obviously you wouldn't have the wear and tear on the car, uh, but you also would have that time back in your day. You know, if you're close enough and you have the physical abilities, you might be able to bike to work on nicer days, maybe once or twice a month. Um, you don't have to be doing it all the time, but you know, that, that one little change might uh, help with the, the, uh, the cost of commuting. Um, and then, you know, it's probably, it's not as common, but you know, carpool lanes do exist. So if you know, there's someone nearby that you might be able to grab a ride with, you know, once again, it doesn't have to be every day, but if you could, you know, maybe agree to carpool once a week, uh, that would, you know, save, you know, each person some, some commuting costs and travel time. So when you talk about the economic impacts, you know, you, obviously you have the gas prices, but you also have wear and tear on your car. And if you are someone who has a car allowance for work, typically when you reimburse for mileage, uh, most companies have a reimbursement rate of somewhere around 50 cents a mile. And it, it varies based on the cost of gasoline and things like that. But that takes into consideration the cost of gas and then the wear and tear on the car. So if you basically said, well, if I, if I drive 10% less, so instead of driving 12,000 miles, I'm going to cut that down to 10,800 miles. That 1,200 miles of saved driving at 50 cents per mile is basically a $600 savings uh, between gas prices, less wear and tear in the car. So you don't have to replace the car as fast. You don't need an oil change as quick. Um, so all those things start to add up and, and come into that number. Um, so you know, it's a, it's a slight change to your daily routine. You might just be a little more conscious about where you drive and how often you drive. Um, but that, you know, can both have a financial impact as well as an environmental impact uh, into the things that we're doing. So three very simple changes. You might say, hey, I can do all three of those. Those aren't that hard. And, you know, maybe put an extra thousand or $1,500 back in your annual budget that you can use towards a vacation or a new bicycle or a new set of golf clubs or something that you might enjoy. Um, because obviously, if you're going to do the work, you should get some reward out of this. Um, but you might choose to take, take one of these or you might, you know, 
go in one step further and try to get 10 friends to, to get on board with an idea like this or take it to your local high school as a, a, an environmental challenge to, to get everyone on board. So uh, you can either do this quietly and try to you know, make it a revolutionary change in your community. It's up to you. Because you know, when it comes to making a difference for our environment, um, there's really not a right choice for everyone, but there is a right choice for you. So hopefully this helps you kind of put a different twist on it uh, and maybe you know, see how there's a little bit of a reward in it for you as well, uh, in addition to you know, helping out future generations down the road. Have a good day and enjoy your Earth Day. Now, I hope you can apply some of what you heard today to improve your relationship with money. And thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Great Points with Matt Schroeder. Great Points is hosted by Matt Schroeder. Great Point Wealth Advisors is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with the securities laws and regulations. Great Point Wealth Advisors does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through Great Points. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.